Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a hilarious giver. Father, we thank you, we praise you. Remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Let he that hasn't here, let him hear. Father, let no one give grudgingly or under compulsion. But Lord, let, it, let us purpose in our heart exactly what we want to give to you. Father, let us be principled men, principled women. Father, we give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. We all said? Before you see this, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, so what? Then you may be seated. I've entitled this message, Giving, with a question mark, Giving, So What? But so, as in sowing, and we're going to sow. This is not going to be the regular kind of preaching maybe that myself or even Isaiah goes to the extreme. The moment he grabs this mic, it's... It's on. This boy just goes and, ah. I'm like, man, he's skinnier than me. Where in the world does he get all that air from? But the man can go. And so for those of you that weren't here, and go on to our website, click on sermons, listen to those messages, get them in your spirit. And matter of fact, even one of the sermons, I think he preached like 10 messages in one sermon. He just kept going and going, but it was great stuff and to be able to study that. So what? In the principles, uh, or excuse me, in the topic of sowing, there's something that you and I must understand. They're called principles. Somebody say principles. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about financial principles. Because a lot of times we get principles messed up with the way people are talking about prosperity. And the, the reason why people look at churches and they go, man, this prosperity is because really what the media and what everyone else is preaching is not necessarily prosperity as it is luxury. See, God is into prosperity, not into luxury. There's a difference. And so when you and I begin to understand what it is, listen, a lot of times people think, well, if I'm a Christian, I got to be poor. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. But it does say that God used the poor and God used the church to give to the poor. That's what it does say. There was a poor widow. God used her. There was a young boy had two fish. He had uh, five loaves. Used him. So there's different instances where you begin to understand that God wants you to be prosperous, not luxurious. Now, if that is going to happen, it's only going to come through principles. Somebody say principles. See, my friend. If you don't define your principles, if you don't define your beliefs, then others, whether it's friends or associates, will do it for you. They will define your system. They will define your principles. They will define your values. But by taking ownership of your own values and defining what's important to you, then you are setting up a system that will guide you through the terrain of this financial business. Principles. Somebody say principles. I really want to drive that home this morning, principles. And the principles, it's really a basic idea or a rule that explains or controls how something happens or how something works. 
Now, what's very important is that these principles that I'm about to give you are not based on culture, gender, or age. So, in other words, it doesn't apply only specifically to one group and one group alone. They're principles, and they stand the test of time. They go across all boards. And when you begin to learn and understand these principles, I truly believe that some of you this year, you're going to get out of debt. I'm going to say that one more time for those that really believe that. I believe this year you're going to get out of debt. That $500 is going to be zero. That $5,000 is going to be zero. That $50,000 is going to be zero. Not only be zero, but God is going to give you an abundance and it's going to overflow so that you can help others. Oh, come on. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. A generous person. See, principles relate and apply to all societies. When you understand what it is. You know what my prayer is? And I've been praying this ever since we had this prayer breakfast uh, back in 2006. This has been my prayer, uh, I, if I'm honest, almost every single day I pray this prayer. God, I want to be a principled man. I want to be a principled man, a man of principles. That no matter what happens, no matter what's around me, that what's inside of me is greater than what's outside of me. A principled man. See, and when you understand this, you will not be thinking check to check. You're going to be thinking principle to principle. It's a mind shift. You think differently. Principles. Somebody say principles. Now, the thing about principles is that principles can be learned. For those who say, well, I don't have this. It's okay. You can learn this. Now, for those of you who say, well, I got bad habits. Well, guess what? Anything that was learned can be unlearned. I got a bad habit. Some of you, you go into the store and you just go in there going, I'm not going to buy anything. But that credit card just, I don't know. I, I don't know how it happened. My cart just filled up. You know, somebody just kept throwing stuff in there and I didn't tell them to stop. Where did it come from? I don't know. Maybe you just love hearing that, that sound at the check cash. Like, ding, ding. Some of you need to stop hearing that sound. Principled, principled to be patient, principled to be giving, principled in freedom, principled. Somebody say principle. The thing about principles is that also when you learn them, they will be foundational. Now, the thing about principles also as well is that they can have consequences if you don't apply them correctly. You must be able to apply them. Now, we're going to take a look real quick. I'm not going to be very long because this is actually more of a teaching than is a, is a preaching because I want to make sure you get this. Somebody say principles. The first principle is that you must look to God as your only source of supply. It's very important. You must look to God as your only source of supply. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, what God gives me, I don't need anything from anyone else. I, 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 I lack nothing. I have everything that I need. See, David understood he was not dependent on the government. He was not dependent on his job. He was not dependent upon his family. He was only dependent upon God. Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Somebody say all your needs. Somebody say all your needs. Not all your wants, all your needs. See, some of you look at shoes and go, man, I need that. Are you sure? Let's look at your closet. Do you really need it? Man, I seen that jacket. I, I need that jacket. Are you sure? 
See, you, you must understand that in order to really get out of the, the terrain or get out of the mentality of where you're at, you must be a principled person. The Bible says that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So in other words, for those of you that when your heart goes out and you see people in need, God is putting something, he's put something inside of you and he wants to supply something through you for them. Do you see that? See, because you, you're, you're seeing the need. You're, you're seeing the need, and he wants to fulfill that need through you. So what does that mean? He will supply you to fulfill that need. But it starts inside of you. See, when the Bible says this, it's talking about how there's a lot of finances that are out there that are waiting to be supplied to his people. But you and I must learn we must live by faith. You know what I've learned is that we live in a do-it-yourself society. You could do it yourself. Anything you want, you do it yourself. You can make it happen. That's the mentality. Make it happen. You could just do it. Don't worry about principles. Just step on whoever you got to step on. Just make that happen. And we leave out the principles in the pursuit of what God has for our lives. But you and I must understand when we get these and we gather these principles and understanding that God is our only source, then my friend, we are going to see ourselves in a breakthrough in 2017. Can I hear an amen? See, secularism says, I'll solve the problem myself. And what that does is that it confuses the channel with the source. And so we think our job is our source. No, the job is a channel. God is your, I'm going to say that one more time. The job is a channel, but God is your, the Bible says, every good and perfect thing comes from above. See, when you understand these principles, it shifts the way you make choices. It shifts the way you do things. Why? Because you understand, hey, the, the, the job, the boss, he's just giving me what God told him to give me. It's not the other way around. Man, if I, if I, I got to do this, no, God will supply all your needs. He's going to give you exactly what you need. See, I believe some of you right now, you, you go through so much headache and heartache when you look at your bills. And I believe that this year in 2017, when you open up that envelope, you are not going to be in a heartache. You are not going to be in a headache. But matter of fact, you're going to open it up and say, man, that's it. I got this. Who else bills can I pay? So you can't think like that right now because it's very difficult. Matter of fact, some of you, you see the envelope and you put it under the pillow. Where did it go? I didn't even see it. I don't know. Because you want to avoid it. Whenever there's heartache and headaches, people want to avoid it. Right? You get a headache, go get Tylenol. That's just, a, that's our society. We can get rid of it right now. Not realizing that this right here is a very spiritual misunderstanding if you don't, if you're not applying principles. See, there's a warning sign that you and I must understand if we're not looking at God as our source is that when you worry too much. See, when you worry too much, you put your eyes on the wrong thing. When you're worrying too much, you're putting your eyes and your focus on the wrong thing. Don't look at the channel. Look to the source. Can I hear an amen? See, sometimes God will allow a channel to dry up so that you can look up. God will allow a channel to dry up so that you can look up. See, when you understand that God is your source, he will never dry up. Can I hear an amen? See, when you read the scriptures, even the prophet, even himself, he got a little scared, but the river dried up, so he fed him by ravens. 
He got a little too comfortable. See, my friend, God wants to make sure you don't get too comfortable. That's why many times, why is this happening? Man, this is the devil. Did you know that sometimes the dry up will happen because God wants it to dry up? It'll happen many a times. And you may get fed by ravens. You may not like the channel, but God is still going to provide all your needs. See, God wants your faith to grow. See, what you're going through right now could very well be orchestrated by God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Just right there, that little portion of Scripture. I could spend a whole half hour on that alone. But it says, And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I mean, think about that. Tomorrow, it's got enough trouble. Don't bring trouble from today into tomorrow. You and I must not worry. Somebody say, don't worry. Look, if you're not going to worry, then don't look at the channel. Look at the source. Keep your eyes on God. Let him choose the channel to meet your needs. God is going to provide a channel to meet your needs. Can I hear an amen? It reminds me of a story of a little old lady. She was very spiritual, and she would step out on her porch every day, and she would raise her arms to the sky, and she would yell out, praise the Lord, every day. One day, an atheist bought the house next door to her, and he became very irritated with this spiritual little lady. After about a month or, uh, or so of her yelling, praise the Lord, from her porch, he went outside on his porch and yelled back, there is no Lord. Yet the little old lady continued. Then one cold rainy day when the little old lady couldn't get to the store, she went out on her porch and raised up her hands to the sky and said, help me, Lord, I have no money, and it's cold, and I have no more food. The next morning, she went outside and there were three bags of food on the porch, enough to last her for a whole week. Praise the Lord, she yelled. The atheist stepped out from behind the bushes and said, Aha, there is no Lord. I bought those groceries. The little old lady raised her arms to the sky and said, Praise the Lord. You sent me groceries and you used the devil to pay for them. doesn't matter how it got there, but God knows your needs. God knows your needs. God knows your needs. God's going to provide all your need. God's going to provide all your need. Even if he's got to use that devilish co-worker to get it to you. The second principle, going real fast, is whenever you have a need, plant a seed. Now, this seems very illogical. But you and I must learn to demonstrate our faith. The Bible says those that sow sparingly will reap sparingly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need will abound in every good work. In other words, this is the principle. No deposit, no return. No deposit, no return. So you and I must understand that we must be able to plant. Somebody say plant. 
When you read throughout the scriptures, there's so many different parables and so many different verses that have a lot to do with farming, soil, understanding the weather, the seasons. See, you and I, when it comes to the spiritual finances with God and God's kingdom, you and I must become farmers. Matter of fact, we should become Hayward farmers. If you didn't get that and you're not from here, the mascot of Hayward High are farmers. We're farmers. Spiritually speaking, you should be a farmer. You should be farming for your seed. And what I mean by your seed, I'm talking your children. And for your children's children. Start setting something up right now. Be a man or a woman of principle right now. Not just for you. Saying, God, I know you're just going to give me just enough. No, I believe God wants to provide for you, your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. Leaving a legacy of understanding the spiritual climate of what God wants to do within your life. Listen to me. I know, I know that many of you, you grew up poor, but you don't have to stay poor. And I'm not talking poor financially. I'm talking poor mentally spiritually. Well, I grew up poor. See, we have a lot of stories. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of your stories, you would think that myself growing up a, a PK, I would not have similar stories. I had a lot of similar stories. Now, oh, we go, did the cereal with the water. I was like, I did that. You know? We, we had Entenmann's. Oh, that, that was like, oh my God. We were, Entenmann's was manna when I was growing up. In other words, the Bible says that they had manna so much that it came out of their noses and ears. Read the scriptures is what it says. It came out of just so much of it. That's how much we had intimates. I knew how to make intimate sandwiches five different ways. I'm not playing. I'm serious. We had so much intimates. But for me, like, hey, this is normal, I guess. It's not a big deal. But little by little, till I started learning as I was growing, uh, growing up, of course, in, in society, but growing up in the things of God, I began to learn, okay, what does God want to do with my life so that I can help others? See, it wasn't about... Okay, God, give me more, give me more. And when I get to here, then I can give to those here. No, 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 no. It was even though you're here, can you still bless those around you? Can you still bless those around you? See, a lot of people think, well, I need to get to here. Let me get the house. Let me get everything. Let me become the millionaire, and then I'll give to everybody in need. Listen, if you don't know how to do it here, you'll never do it here. You'll never do it here. So you need to learn how to plant a seed even right now. Somebody say right now. See, these same principles also apply with love. They apply with mercy. They apply with forgiveness. See, I know I'm giving you financial, but, but remember, we're talking about finances, but also the foundation I'm talking about is principles. And when you understand these principles, in other words, so when you plant forgiveness, you may not get forgiveness out of the person you're forgiving, but you're going to get it back from someone else. Why? Because it's a principle. If you plant love, sow love, you're going to get love. You may not get it from the one you're sowing it to, but you're going to get it back because you must learn the principle. Somebody say principle. See, the widow of Zarephath, she just wanted to eat and die, but the Lord performed a miracle for her, her son, and even the prophet, the little boy with five loaves and two fish. His willingness to sow a seed fed thousands of starving people. This boy, more than likely, he didn't know everybody that was on the hillside, but his seed fed their soul then, and even is still feeding our souls today. Because of his seed then, it's still feeding our souls today. We use that scripture over and over and over, and it edifies the soul. Based on a young boy, not a parable, an actual story that happened. See, now what you and I must understand that 
When we're trying to apply these principles, there's going to be hindrances. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be pitfalls that are going to try to stop you from giving. Really quickly, I just want to give you four hindrances of giving. I'm going to give them real fast, and then we're going to continue on. Four hindrances of giving, especially within these principles. Number one, procrastination. Procrastination. Procrastination is putting off or delaying, especially something requiring immediate attention. You know what procrastinator's favorite word is? Tomorrow. If you speak Spanish, mañana. If you speak Tagalog, mamayan. If you speak lazy, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. No, see, that's why when you come into the house of God, you, mun, you must not come waiting for the preacher to say, okay, now we're going to pass the bucket. And you're going, man, what should I give? You should come in purposed. Purposed. Purposed within your heart. Okay, I know, look, I may not have much, but what I do have, I'm ready to give. Not procrastinate. Well, I guess. I'm not sure. No, not tomorrow, today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You got to be able to do it today. The, the number two hindrance is hesitation. Hesitation. Oh, I'm just not ready. I just, well, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. That's not really me. No, no. My friend, you cannot hesitate. You must be able to move. Number three, a hindrance of giving is emotional givers. Emotional givers. These people have a mentality problem with the principle of faith. Because when it comes to emotional givers, it's very hard to be consistent. When you feel good, I'm going to give. I feel horrible. I ain't giving nothing. Can you imagine if you went to work like that? Matter of fact, so, and I read a lot of people's Facebook posts. They're at work. Man, I feel horrible. I don't want to be at work. But then, aren't you at work? Yeah, I'm at work. I just don't want to be here. Because that's the emotion. But the thing is, you understand, if I don't go to work, I don't have a job. See, the same principle applies to those when it comes to giving. If you don't be that consistent giver, you don't have the principles. It's a principle. Has nothing to do with your emotion. Oh, I feel good. I'm going to give. I got blessed. I'm going to give. I'm not blessed. I'm not going to give. No, you cannot be an emotional giver. The number four hindrance is exemption givers. In other words, uh, you know, God understands. You know, he, he really understands. I, I, you know, I need this money more than that guy does. You know, I need this more than he does. And the Bible talks about how Jesus used and corrected even the disciples with the woman who didn't have all that much. And you would think, well, she's exempt. She doesn't have much. Yet Jesus used her who didn't have much to speak over those who had too much. Well, I'm exempt. You know, you, you, you should know my background. You should know where I came from. You know, one of the reasons why I believe God has anointed a ministry just like this is because we did not think like that. This ministry, well, you should know my background. I, you, you know, you should know, understand what my dad did to me. My mom did to me. I had no dad. I had no mom. So if you understood where I really was, you can understand why I can't forgive. You should understand why I can't love. You should understand why I can't give any money. And so because you have that exempt mentality, you'll never understand what it is to have a principled mentality. See, you and I must understand we must be principled men and women. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, no one is exempt. Nobody is exempt. 
from giving to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, listen, my friend, when you understand these principles, you don't give your tithes, you pay your tithes. No, I'm paying my tithes. This, this is just, no, this is who I am. It's not about, well, I'm sick today, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm paying it. I, I know this is what God, what I have between me and God. Not between me and the church, it's between me and God. Now, for those of you that are wondering, because usually when I speak a message like this, sometimes I'll pick up the offering at the end. We didn't do that. Why? Because I'm trying to instill principles, not trying to get to you emotionally. I want to make sure that you get the principles. Somebody say principles. See, you don't give of your tithes. You pay your tithes. When you understand these principles, it's no pressure to give. Why? Because you love God. God loves a cheerful giver. It's a cheerful thing. Uh, even last night, I can't believe I did what I did with that Raider Nation anthem. That was, you know the Lord was moving with that one, amen? The guy who did that Raider Nation, and he had that, he came and he did the song, had like 2 million views. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, the Lord's going to strike that post down, amen? Just kidding. But he's a, I mean, he's a diehard Raider fan. I know, I know we got another diehard Raider fan in here, amen? Andrew, amen, and he's crazy, shield head. I told him to bring his shield next week. I said, wear your shield. That'd be awesome, the shield and all that. And so the funny thing is, is about, you know, Raider fans, I've never seen a Raider fan go into a game, walk in there, stand there, sit there, whatever they're doing, the team score a touchdown, and the person or the fan go, yeah, that was pretty cool. Good job. Like, I've... I've I've, yet to, I've never seen a Niner fan do that. Matter of fact, Niner fans, we haven't seen that in a long time because we don't score any touchdowns. <laughs> Being honest, this is what Raider fans have felt like for the past 15 years. I feel you. See, now I feel your pain. Now I feel your pain. You thought I was going to let you go? Just, uh, come on now. There's always a stab that comes in there, huh? I've, in other words, I've never seen that. I haven't seen anybody go to a baseball game, the A's hit a home run, and go, man, that was pretty good. No, wait, actually, when, when somebody hits a home run and someone scores a touchdown, you don't even know the people next to you, and you're like, yeah, give me a high five. No, I don't want that beer, but give me a high five. Woo! I mean, you're just hugging people. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know you, but great job. I mean, you're just, you're excited. Why? Because you went into the game expecting them to score a touchdown. And when they scored a touchdown, it made you happy. Hey, this felt good. I like that. That was, that was good stuff. See, that's what God is saying when it comes to giving. He wants you to be just as happy as a fan who is prepared for a touchdown. It's the same principle. See, when you come to church, if you come in and you're like, oh, man, they want my money. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. As a pastor, you don't hear this a lot in a lot of churches, but I'll say it. If you feel like that, if your attitude is like that, when the bucket goes by, don't put any money in the bucket. We don't want your money. I heard a preacher once say, God loves angry money. And he did it hilariously. He was being funny about it. But I began to think about it myself. This is just me personally. I'm not saying he was preaching heresy or anything like that. But just personally, I don't believe that. Because my thing is this, and I've learned this in marriage. This is how I learned it in marriage. Because when I go to my wife, and if I say, hey, babe, I'm sorry, she goes, you didn't mean it. How do you know what I mean and what I don't mean? And when I, after I talk to my wife, she goes, I could just tell. 
fine. But then I have to wait. I got to go pray and come back. I say, you know what? All right. I, I, I really am sorry. And I, okay. Is there the attitude? See, when it comes to cheerful, cheerful is an attitude. And when the bucket goes by, if it's very difficult for you, I would say this. Keep the money in your pocket. Just keep it there. Because God wants a cheerful giver. Not a person who has, like, I don't really want to give this. I don't know. I mean, they're telling me to give it. I don't really want to give. Look, if you're not a principled person, don't put it in the bucket. Don't put it in the bucket. Keep it. Keep it there until you learn how to, ah, you know what? I can't wait for this bucket to go by. I, I know it's only a dollar. I know it's only $100, but you know what? I'll bring the bucket by. Here we go. Bam, there it is. I'm a Michael Jordan, this bad boy. A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is a prepared giver. Somebody is prepared. Why? Because you understand the principles that God is going to multiply that seed. Can I hear an amen? The last principle, and I close with this, is the principle of expect a harvest. Expect a harvest. In other words, don't work yourself into a frenzy. Look to God as your source. And know that if God is your, your source, he's going to provide for you. So somebody say, God provides. Somebody say, God provides. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says, Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for the soil will also supply and increase to your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You know what this is? I remember this from science. I can't even believe I still remember science. I slept halfway through. I'm not going to lie to you. I love math, hated science. Don't ask me how, but it just was. But one thing I do remember in science, and for those of you that remember this, if you were even awake, there was this thing called cause and effect. Remember that? Cause and effect. The scripture here is talking about cause and effect. There is an effect for every cause. And when you understand this principle, you understand that your effects of what you love for God will show. It's going to show. Well, okay, turn off all these lights right here, the, the stage lights. Okay, cause and effect. See, this is a light switch. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm holding a light switch, all right? So here, cause, effect. Cause, effect. Cause, effect. That's how it works. Cause and effect. See, this is a small cause, but it illuminates a large effect. When you understand this principle, this cause... We're working on our timing, amen? Effect. Cause. Effect. When you understand that God is your source, you understand that your seed is just a small cause. But it affects everybody when it's in God's hands. So you understand that your seeds of righteousness, their effects, 
It's going to be fruitful. Even though you may think, well, what's, what's this in the hands of myself? And what, what, what's the church going to do with it? You know what? You're absolutely right. The church ain't going to do nothing with it. But when you understand what God is going to do with it, that small seed uh, begins to illuminate not just this church, not just the community, not just the Bay Area, but all over the world. It started small. It started just in Hayward. But it begins to illuminate all over in South Africa, in the Philippines, in Indonesia, in, there in Europe and Germany. It begins to go all over the world, even with a small cause. It's just small. It's just a small part, but it affects everyone. Jeremiah 5.24 says, They do not say in their heart, Let us fear the Lord, our God, who gives rain in its season, both the autumn rain and the spring rain, who keeps for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Just that scripture alone, I could spend another five minutes, but on your own, study that, Jeremiah 5.24. There is an appointed season of harvest. There's an appointed season of harvest. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. He who gathers in the summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in a harvest is a son who acts shamefully. In other words, this year, in 2017, don't miss your harvest. I believe that many of you, you've been planting and you've been planting and you've been planting. You've been planting, you've been planting, and you've been planting. And you've been going after watering and watering and watering. One waters, one plants. But... God will bring the harvest. Now, this is the thing that I've learned. We use that scripture. God brings the increase. God will bring the increase, but you cannot sleep on the increase. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. It could pass you by. And you could just be waiting there. Well, I'm, I'm just waiting. No, you're a farmer. Till the ground. Till the ground. Be consistent. Be consistent. Well, no, no, no. Be consistent. Well, I'm not seeing any increase. It's okay. Be consistent. Your job is not to bring the increase. Your job is to make sure you don't sleep on the increase. That's your job. Keep giving. Be consistent. Well, I don't have much. Matter of fact, some of you even here, you come to the church and you even wonder about your salvation. Start depositing even now. It's faith. Faith is by salvation anyways. Salvation is by faith anyways. That's how we get salvation It's through faith. It's through faith. These seeds are giving faith. It's just faith. Look at when I give five dollars, I don't know what is gonna what's gonna happen. When I give five hundred dollars, I don't know what's gonna happen. I have no idea. All I know is that's my job. That's my job to do that. I'm not perfect, because believe me, if I waited for the perfect season to give, I'd probably never give. I I have something else. Well, no, I man, I could really use this and go pay for this. I could really, I could do that. But what I've learned is that i got to keep on planting, keep on playing, knowing that God is going to bring the harvest. I believe this year, as it comes to the piano, I'm believing this year that many of you, you're going to see a harvest like you've never seen before. Now, it comes in different forms because, remember, God does what he wants to do. This is just, all this is is just cause and effect. That's it. I just have to do the switches. That's it. What turns on and off? I don't know. Where it comes from, I have no idea. I'm just supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. He will bring the effects. You're going to see some effects, I believe, that go into your children and your children's children. Some of you this year, you're going to see salvation in your son. You're going to see salvation in your daughter. You're going to see salvation in your granddaughter. Yes, the one that even mouths off to you as a grandparent, that one. 
Oh, no, you don't know my granddaughter. No, then you don't know my source. See, it's a different mentality. You think differently. See, because I, I, believe me, I understand. I hear uh, uh, a lot of times whenever I go see my family, I, this grandkid, I, my grandson, I, my granddaughter. And they think there's no hope. And so that's how we live, with no hope. We stand in front of the seed just with no hope. But we don't do anything. It'll never change. This will never happen. I'll, I'll never get a brand new car. I'll never get a brand new house. So what's the use? And so that's how you think. It's never going to happen. My marriage is never going to get right. It's never going to change. He's never going to change. She's never going to change. And because it's never going to change, then why do I have to change? And you're not understanding the principles. You must continue to plant. You must continue to plant. Continue to have it. See, because a lot of people think if I, if I win the lottery, then I can get what I want. That's not how it works. If you don't have the principles now, when that harvest comes in, you're going to sleep on it. You're going to sleep on it. Because you're waiting for a ticket rather than a harvest. When you learn the principles, you won't miss the harvest. You won't miss it. God is going to provide all your needs. Look, I'm believing this year that our church, that we're not going to be having the hoop de villes in the parking lot anymore. If you don't know what a hoop de ville is, don't worry about it. Call them buckets, and the reason why we would call them buckets is because we would have to drive on buckets. We'd have no chairs. We'd have to put a bucket in there. That's how the, that's how the van got around for so long. I remember driving in our men's homes van. Matter of fact, Pastor Darrell was the one that drove me. Every morning, get up. We live in this old Victorian house. I like the house. It was actually a nice house. At the convalescent hospital, uh, Louis Crossway who was one of the directors back there. Great man, great man. I'm still praying for him as well. Louis is going to get saved. Amen. He's going to come back to the Lord. But I remember waking up every morning, and every morning, because you couldn't roll up the passenger side window all the way because you had to put the wire around it to hold the passenger door and hold the sliding door. Every morning. Now, for me as a kid, it was like, that's just the way it was. No big deal. But I did go to a Christian school, and, they, you know, these, these kids, they had, uh, they had money. They had a lot of money. But I really didn't care. I just thought it was normal. What's the big deal? Parents are driving up in the latest Jaguars, the latest Audis. I mean, the latest everything, BMWs, Mercedes. They had it all. It was nice. But for me, I was like, that's all good. I don't really care. I, I liked it. Matter of fact, there was a couple times I remember driving up in the men's home van to my school, all these BMWs. Imagine, you know, you, you drive there and there's the line. Parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? They have the line. You have to wait in line. BMWs, Mercedes. Men's home van. I remember this happened not once or twice. I happened a couple times. Be there in the line, be driving up, and all of a sudden, every Stefan, you're gonna have to get out. All right. Uh, you guys are going to have to close the door. I can't close the door. That was a heavy door. They'd have to push it. It'd be right there, pushing it behind BMWs. Hey? 
That's how it was. My parents didn't mind. And if my parents didn't mind, I don't mind. I don't mind whatsoever. Because I understand that the seed that they planted now, oh, I thank God for that seed. I praise the Lord for that seed. Tilling the ground, sowing, reaping, and sowing, and sowing, and tilling, sowing, and tilling. Listen to me. I'm telling you now, I'm a blessed man now. And I know this, and I say this humbly. Everything that I have, I know it. I had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, half of the stuff that I have, actually more than half of the stuff that I have, including the suit, the tie, the shirt, I thought about it this morning. I didn't buy one of these things. These were all given to me. I just make it look good, though. I would say more than three quarters of what I have, I didn't buy it. It was actually given to me by majority of you, and not from you personally the ch as the church. He gave it to me, the car, everything. But I don't take it as, oh, yeah, look, no, I take it as, man, this is just what my parents have been working for. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their begging for bread. Or in my case, begging for intimates. Listen to me. For those of you that are right now saying, well, you don't know how I grew up then I, we could go back and forth on stories. We can go back and forth on who grew up worse. Well, I grew up worse. Well, I grew up worse. And I walked 50 miles in the snow, you know. And the, it didn't even snow in the Bay Area. Stop that. But we always try to one-up each other on how worse we were. Can't we do the opposite? Can't we try to, you know, try to better each other on how good we can till the ground? Hey, do you, I, I see you need some help over there. Hey, let me help you. Boom. I know it's only five bucks, but here, hey, planting a seed. Planting a seed. In line. Whether you're at the store, at the Starbucks, or wherever you're at. Hey, you know what? Here's another five bucks for the person behind me. Boom. Walk away. Just things like this. Planting a seed. I've never seen the righteous forsaken another seed begging for bread. The righteous give generously. They don't hold on so tight. No, no, no. This is my new hat. This is my new shirt. This is my new dress. This is my, this is my, 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 mine. Mine. It's mine. Okay. It's yours. But since you're the only source, that means it's probably going to go too. And you're going to want, man, what? I just bought this last week and it broke down. Ugh. Hey, things happen. But when you understand, hey, God gave it to me. And if it broke down, he'll give me another one. Give me another one. No big deal. It's principles. It's understanding principles. Those of you that are in the home, I want to challenge, really want to challenge you. I learned these principles in the home. Even though I wasn't in the home, I was still in the home. Principle. Be a principled man. Don't leave the home until you can say, I'm a principled man. If you're not a principled man, stay. I don't care if you've been there for 12 months, 14 months, 18 months. 20 months, it doesn't matter. Don't leave until you're a principled man. Not perfect, man. Not perfect. Because believe me, you'll never be perfect. You'll never leave the home. You'll be right by Greg's side the whole time. Greg loves you, but he don't love you that much. Don't leave until you're a principled man. Don't leave until you're a principled man.